The lives of the saints are adventures of faith, inspiration, mercy, and love for God. Which saint guides your spirit? Whose life inspires you to step out into your community and spread hope? This is Saints Who Lead Us with me, Catherine Laguna. Welcome back to the Saints Who Lead Us podcast. I'm Catherine, and today I have Father Chris with me. Hey, Father Chris, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. Thank you so much. You're becoming a really cool expert at the whole podcasting. I think I just, people see me around and are like, hey, you look like you're not doing anything. Come <laughs> do my podcast. <laughs> and then I also think that Father Martin and Steve just get you into trouble sometimes, too, in these podcasts. That's probably true also. <laughs> I mean, the things that I've learned so far in the podcast that you've been in have been you love superheroes i do that is true i'm a major geek <laughs> no just kidding i've learned so much more than that but i mean if you had to choose arrow flash who would it be uh of the cw show versions yes, yes. i would go with the flash i think he's got a little better sense of humor true in the comics they rival each other on humor a little more but <laughs> probably still the flash the flash okay that sounds good i know i'm kind of at war with having barry from the flash on the cw and then barry at the new justice league movie i'm like yeah. i don't know if i'm gonna, it's gonna like be it weird not. having two at the same time <laughs> so how was your weekend father chris it was good you know we did the whole priest thing doing some masses we had the deacon preach on catholic charities for catholic charities weekend and then Ended with a classmate watching premiere of Walking Dead. Yes, I love The Walking Dead too. So <laughs> what did you think about the episode? It was a pretty good episode. I, I'm hopeful for the season. I say this every season because there's been some slow ones <laughs> lately, but uh, it looks like they're finally getting some action and kind of being not mopey anymore. Exactly, because so. the last season, it just felt like, I don't know, our group is always on top of everything. And then that last season was just something where it's like Negan was the one that was ruling everything, you know? So I'm really looking forward to this season. And um, so who's your favorite character? Oof. Probably Maggie right now. Ooh, wow. That is pretty cool. I, I actually you? enjoy... No, I enjoy Maggie, too. I found it so funny that... Um, actually, it's not funny at all, but I just find it that it's so nice that Maggie... I feel like Maggie has always been such a strong character just from the very beginning, from the farm. But um, it's just so sad that it took Glenn's death for her to be like, yes, now I'm going to be a leader, I'm going to be in charge, and oh well to everybody else that steps in my way, right? Carol and Daryl, I never realized that rhymes so well, but uh, they're both a little too invincible. <laughs> no, I mean, how many more times can Carol just, like, survive everything, yeah. you know? It's quite, oh, do you watch Fear the Walking Dead? I'm not caught up on oh, that it's, it's kind of like, Carol reminds me a little bit of this one character, Daniel. I mean, he could survive anything. He, he I think he has nine lives. Yeah. And he, he survived this one um, zombie or walker, like, use a technical term, you know? Oh, it's got to be proper, yeah. Exactly. Um, who got struck by lightning, and somehow he was touching the walker, and he just survived that. That's good. I know. <laughs> Okay, there's more to the purpose of having Father Chris here, and it's because we're going to be talking about St. John Castellano today. And I think it's going to be really cool because it's known that he's the soldier saint and military chaplains. He's the patron saint of them. And I think it's awesome because you're a military chaplain too, right? I am. So I was co-sponsored through uh, the seminary, which means that while Orlando is my home and I'll always be a priest of Orlando, that the military, the archdiocese for military services paid for half of my way as well. So after uh, my ordination, which was about two, almost two and a half years ago now, after three years, I'll go with the military and be a army chaplain full time for at least five years. Wow. 
That's, so, a, that's, a, that's remarkable. Hey, what made you lead up to a decision like that in this uh, type of ministry? Yeah, well, part of it is I grew up in a military family. So my dad was in the Air Force, and that was kind of always our life is moving every three or four years. And a lot of times the priest that the church we would go to was the Air Force chaplain at wherever, whatever church. And not that I was thinking at all about being a priest at that time, <laughs> but uh, as you know, my vocation kind of came to the fore while I was at college. That was always part of it, of a little bit of calling to give back to that military ministry. And God luckily gave me the physical and mental capabilities to follow that up as well. So uh, if it all comes from him, then it probably is where he's leading me. Exactly. Amen. And also that St. John is the is, is a saint that's recognized for many other things as well. And he had a deep Christian optimism. So he was a very positive person. So the reason why I wanted to have Father Chris here to co-host with me is because of that ministry. I mean, have you gone overseas yet? Uh, so far, I haven't been overseas or anything. So what uh, my ministry in terms of the military has involved so far was uh, chaplain's basic training, which is a lot like normal basic. I won't say it's exactly the same. You get yelled at a little less because you come in as an officer and everybody <laughs> in your class is chaplains. And so you get priests, Buddhists, uh, you know, Jewish rabbis, pretty much the whole gamut of different faith groups. It's yeah. Everything is always like the setup of one of those jokes that, you know, a priest, <laughs> a rabbi, and a Buddhist monk walk into insert whatever <laughs> event we're doing that day. But um, so I did that. And then uh, since ordination, I've been assigned to a reserve unit that uh, usually over either in Tampa or Cape Coral to, to drill with them and you know, be their chaplain, give mass for them, and then just basic counseling and uh, support as they need it. And is that like once every month? Because I know some people that have to do like basic training like every four weeks, I think. Yeah, it's usually once a month. Mm -hmm. Then there's uh, at one point there'll be two weeks. So over the summer, I did two weeks in California where we did some exercises out there. Uh, this month, I'll actually have two different weekends, but then next month I won't have any. So mm -hmm. it. it Basically, it's once a month and then that two weeks at some point during oh, the year also. That's pretty cool. So then talking about St. John, um, he was actually born in the 14th century Italy. And this is during a time when a lot of the clergy were wiped out because of a plague. So could you imagine having to give like more masses than you already do on Sundays? Yeah, hopefully we don't get any plagues uh, for a lot of reasons, I guess. <laughs> that sounds really weird. But um, but yeah, it's we are, you know, the priests are spread fairly thin as it is. And so it's, it's definitely, I think, part of his kind of who made, what made him who he is mm -hmm. that that was what he was going through and seeing, because he was a bit of a reformer. I'm sure you'll get the reformer mm -hmm. of the Franciscans as well. And I'm sure seeing, you know, a bad priest when there's not enough priests to go around really kind of gets, gets you motivated. Yeah, yeah. And, and it motivates them a lot because especially during this time when the spirituality within the culture was lacking as well. And I think it's important that the positivity that drew from St. John that God gave him was a very helpful thing during this time period. So this was around 1386 and he became a very successful person. Like he was the governor of a certain a country and town by 26. Well, and that was because he already had his law degree and was practicing law presumably exactly. before 26. So yeah, he, <laughs> he was a smart guy as well and probably had that mind to 
not only learn, but to kind of logically think and practice law and everything like that. Exactly. So, and this is during a time where he hasn't even thought about the priesthood just yet. I mean, he's a lawyer. Yeah. Just going around. And a successful just, one. He's yes. a governor, everything. Exactly. Yeah. So then something happens to him at this time. He's imprisoned. And I think this is when his life, or he takes a look at his life and he's like, you know what, I'm going to make some changes. And then so he decides to um, end up with the Franciscans. Yeah, it's kind of a theme for quite a few saints that, you know, when you're stuck somewhere imprisoned or, you know, for uh, <laughs> founder of the Jesuits, uh, St. Ignatius, that when he was laid up in bed, when you get bored and start thinking about life a lot, that's a lot of times when the Lord finally has that chance to have his say and start leading him towards where he wants him. Exactly. So then by 30, um, he enters, you know, in the Franciscan order, and then he becomes a priest. So I think this is something that completely, you know, takes the next chapter in his life. And so it's a, re it's a remarkable decision that he made in his life. And I think this also shows that anyone can make different choices in life. You can come from, you know, maybe being an athlete, and all of a sudden you just want to be a politician. Or, I mean, for you, did you always want to be a priest? Oh, was there something else not. in the works? No, it's when I, uh, I as I said, it was kind of in college that it started coming to me, but I went to college fully set on being either a veterinarian or a field biologist, Ooh. the type who go out to rainforests and live out there because nice. I love animals. I think it'd be cool to, I still think it'd be cool to do that stuff. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it was while I was doing that and, you know, doing studies and every, it's not that things weren't going well for me. I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed my studies. I had an internship in the biology department under one of the, uh, professors there it was actually really cool but uh you know i started feeling that call that you know maybe maybe the priesthood is what you're being called to and after denying it for quite a while i eventually said you know what if, if it keeps coming back and it's not something that i immediately want to do i kind of have to look at where it's coming from exactly yeah so then would you want to swim with shamu i think that'd be awesome <laughs> would you be like the crocodile hunter i he's a little <laughs> too far i'm not sure i'd be ready to uh jump into the water and wrestle a gator but. <laughs> I know that's always something that I've always loved about my childhood just watching like the Discovery Channel on the Animal Planet and just seeing all the different types of animals and you could go to the rainforest and then just discover a new species and yeah. I don't know but I understand and then your calling is such a beautiful thing and you help out so many people um, so then something else that everybody was very drawn to with St. John was his preaching. And he, you know, a lot of people gathered during this time because remember I was saying about the Christian dryness, you know, people wanted that spirituality. And so is it easy for you to like stand up over there at St. James and give homilies? Uh, it's gotten easier, but it's still not easy. I think that, it's still uh, be nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still nervous before, like, everyone. And I kind of think that'll always be the case. A few priests have told me that, like, if you're not nervous, then something is, wrong. is wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, when it comes down to it, I'm an introvert. Okay. And so for me, like, I really have to set out, make sure I know what I'm going to say, have everything set, and, and hope it all goes well. Because every once in a while, you do hit that moment where you're like, oh, no, my mind just went blank. What do I do? And you kind of repeat what you just said and hope that everything comes back in time. But uh, no, there's always a, a a bit of nerves going on there. I don't know if it's different for the extroverted people or the people who really like to talk in front of large groups. But, you know, I think it's like the number one fear of most people mm -hmm. is public speaking. Yes. And priests have to do that every single week with a different message in mm -hmm. front of a whole bunch of groups of hundreds of people. And 
I think a lot of times people forget the fact that, you know, that that's a lot of pressure. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, and especially just having a, a new message every Sunday, you know, you want to, like, create that spirituality and enhance it for other people. So I think it's just such a huge responsibility. So this is when we get to the really courageous part of St. John's life. I mean, when the Turks captured Constantinople in 1453, St. John was commissioned to preach the Crusades for the defense of Europe. I mean, that's a huge thing to do. Yeah, it's honestly, when you first approached me on this podcast and were like, hey, uh, the saint is patron saint of soldiers. I'm like, is he? Because I know of two. I know Martin of Tours and I know St. Michael the Archangel. I don't know anything about this guy. I got to go research him. And so I looked him up and I'm reading about his life. And I'm like, I'm most of the way through his life. And there's nothing soldierly in here. I don't know why he's... And then it's not till he's 70 that Pope Callistus III mm-hmm. commissions him to lead a crusade. Yes. Which is also kind of crazy that imagine this day and age that of basically pulling a random priest and saying, hey, go lead this army. He was saying that the general was so trusting with him to lead the, um, to lead the army into a Belgrade, I think it was. And I think it's such a rewarding thing to recognize all the soldiers that are out there serving our country. And so having that responsibility and that spirituality within you, how, how has it changed your life to be able to talk to people who have experienced war and stuff like that? I know you, you haven't gone there physically, but I'm sure you've talked to a bunch of people at St. James that have gone through different types of yeah, experiences. And, you know, even the a lot of the soldiers who are in my unit have been deployed. And, okay. you know, it does uh, it does change people in a way that, you know, it's not that everyone who goes to war is broken by any means. You know, there's everyone who goes is very strong for, for going. But you know, it does have effect on families, on the individual, on all those things, and usually on their spirituality as well. It kind of tends to push you towards one extreme or the other. And uh, it's an honor to be able to, to talk with those people, but also to kind of journey with them and kind of be there to to give some answers when they're looking for them as well. Because they're not only dealing with all the normal things that people their age, whatever that might be, have to deal with, but... You know, if you get deployed, you're dealing with them from far away. You're not with your family, and so you've got to deal with the isolation. And then coming back, dealing with the fact that you've been through something that the large majority of the nation, the world, the people around you have no understanding of. Exactly. And it's something that you pointed out right now, too, is that maybe you've talked to the family members of those that have gone out to war. So how is it like that with those family members? Yeah, actually, uh, one of the things just with this hurricane was calling all the Mm. families of uh, soldiers who are deployed to make sure that they're okay and set up for their hurricanes because their loved ones can't be there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's they had to go through that hurricane without a member of the family and being cut off. And therefore, when power and communication goes out not only do they not know how things are going there they don't know how uh their loved one is uh doing across wherever they are and it's it's a whole different dynamic that adds up oh, that's so true and what is something that you're looking forward to within your ministry like when you you know move on a few years from now it'll be interesting to see kind of where the lord and the army take me that it you know people say oh where are you gonna go and the truth is, I have no idea that in about eight months, give or take, I will be sent somewhere. And that could be as close as, you know, probably South Carolina or as far as anywhere in the world. You know, it's got a good priest friend who's really hoping for Germany or Japan because that's where he wants to visit me. But, uh, you know, it could be anywhere. And it's kind of exciting, kind of nerve wracking. But I uh, figured the Lord will put me where he wants me. Mm-hmm. What do you love about the priesthood? Uh 
I know it's a heavy blow. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It could be like your top three. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd say the biggest thing is just how much you get to share in people's lives that there's no reason that, you know, me not as a priest, that just Chris Dorsey would get to be part of people's lives in the moments that you get to share that. I mean, I've been blessed in the just the last week or two. I was in a operating room for a C-section for a child. Like, wow. I'm not the father of that child. Like, there's no reason I should get to be in there in this totally intimate, special moment of, of this. But because I'm a priest, I, I was there, you know, at people's deathbed. You're there at their happiest days, the weddings, at the saddest days of losing people. You're not only there, but you're someone that people lean on and entrust with their fears, their joys, all these things that they don't trust with their best friend who they've known all their life, but suddenly because of the collar, they trust you to tell you. And that's, it's humbling, but it's also really, really cool. I think that's so beautiful. And then wrapping it back up to St. John, I think, you know, what you were just saying is that, you know, St. John was such a positive person, but I'm sure he lived in a dark age. You know, there's a lot of wars, a lot of battles that were going on, but he was optimistic about it. So what's something that brings you out of the darkness or what gives you hope in life? Uh, one thing I always like to get to do is like St. James, we get we have the school. Uh, uh, luckily, both the parishes I've been to, assigned to so far have the school. And there's nothing like when you're having a tough day going over to the preschool classroom and they all run up and give you a group hug. Like no one can be sad with a group Aww. of three and four year olds giving you a hug. <laughs> it's uh, but uh, and even the older kids just the they don't have the heaviness of hearts that adults can have. Not that the, some of them aren't dealing with their own stuff, but. The, to be able to be around people who kind of understand the light and the joy and uh, then, you know, just keeping true to my prayer life and seeing the holy people of the parish that uh, have faith in times that, you know, sometimes our own is lacking. Exactly, yeah. So eventually the plague that took out so many of those clergy during that time of the 14th century actually took out St. John as well, though. But I think he left such a great legacy behind because for me, I find that within his life, I see the hope that he gave to so many people. What is something that you see in St. John? Uh, well, you know, just from reading about it, the his life, the fact that he did so many different things from being kind of that lawyer, that jurist to being a governor to then i mean it was at 70 that he got called to lead that crusade Incredible. just imagine picking some random 70 year old priest and being like hey lead this army and reading i read a little bit about that battle of belgrade uh that ended the siege and the way it wound up there was some of the you know a lot of crusades were peasants like it wasn't all trained soldiers mm -hmm. and they told them to kind of stay inside don't go out and loot or anything and a bunch of them had gone out to loot and he went out to kind of order them back in but then he saw it wasn't working and so he just said charge let's go and that was the beginning of the battle that ended the siege uh that i mean he just said you know what this is an opportunity we're gonna go for it and uh you know the fact that uh sorry i like random facts apparently the fact <laughs> that we ring the bells in churches uh at noon comes from this battle because the Pope had told people every uh, church in Europe should ring their bells at noon uh, to pray for the siege in Belgrade. And uh, that continued afterwards as a show of victory of that battle. And like, I don't think most of us really think about when we hear church bells ring at noon, oh. but both for Protestant and Catholic churches, like that's apparently why they're ringing is from that tradition of victory. Uh, 
in that wow. battle. That's and incredible. so, I mean, in, in a certain way, it's there. St. John uh, is behind that as well, because there wouldn't have been victory in the battle for sure if, if he hadn't taken that part in it. Exactly. And so the feast day of St. John is actually on October 23rd. So is there anything else you would like to add, Father Chris? I think we went over most of it. It was fun. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for being part of this episode with me. I really appreciate it. You're always welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for listening to Saints Who Lead Us. Until next time, have a fabulous day. Bye. <laughs>